for you. Now entering the game from Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It is Wednesday, January 29th. 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and by Allstate Insurance in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I'm Jim Chesko, Chet, and uh, Bill Furman is here somewhere. I, I don't know where he is, but he's coming right back, I promise you that. And we're going to be talking about all sorts of things on the Philly sports scene this week, and let's see if we have Bill right now. Bill Furman, are you there? I am here. You have me? Internet issues, I know. We're going to talk about everything so pick it up from the middle of your opening paragraph and we'll go from there well Chet, as i was going to say the super bowl is this week uh, between the chiefs and the 49ers there was a pro bowl uh, the nhl all-star game but all sports world's attention has been on the accident that took the life of kobe bryant his daughter three members of the out the belly family two members of the chester family christian mauser christina mauser and the pilot arizobaya it's uh, It's been a very sad time around the sports world, Chet. It really has, Bill. Uh, sad time indeed. I mean, from the minute the news broke Sunday afternoon until today, it's a story that's dominated sports talk radio and water cooler talk in many offices, not just in Philly and L.A., I'm sure, but around the country. Just a sad time for the families of the crash victims, all those that you mentioned, of course, and for everybody who watched Kobe play during his time at Lower Marion and his two decades in the NBA with the Lakers. So, yeah, it's been something that's been on our minds and out there for all of us to see and discuss, you know, the last three days. So, uh, boy, uh, we're, we're going to talk a bit more about that between ourselves and with our guests. And, uh, you know, great job by the Sixers last night, by the way, in honoring them before their game against Golden State. Yeah, and, you know, Chad, I'll tell you, um, the impact of this thing um, was far greater than, than I expected. I mean, I know there are a ton of Kobe fans, obviously, in Philadelphia and, and Los Angeles, but worldwide, I mean, this, this was a big, big uh, event, and uh, it, it took me a little off guard on just how big it was, or is. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I heard the news Sunday. I was driving to uh, a local hardware store, had to pick something up, and I had, I guess, WIP on, and they were talking about Kobe Bryant. They said, we haven't just, we haven't yet confirmed it, but, you know, these are the reports. I'm saying, what? Are you kidding me? So, of course, as soon as I got home, I turned the news on and uh, watched many of the reports the rest of that afternoon. Very sad time. And I got to give props to the local Philly sports stations. You know, they take a lot of abuse, but... Pretty much Monday and Tuesday, all they did was talk about the Kobe Bryant thing and had people call in, people who, you know, knew him, interacted with him, and it was, you know, 97% positive. People who played with him, people who met him, uh, some of his coaches, uh, uh, you know, Jimmy Lyon, Phil Martelli, and others who talked about him, all been, you know, very positive. And he's missed, uh, of course, his daughter as well and the other seven who died in the crash. So a sad time, and we're still not quite over it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I guess it's going to go on here for a little while. I I don't know when the uh, when the services are if they've even been uh, announced yet, but uh, certainly that's going to bring it all back out again. And uh, you know, and still some of these guys who were were the Shaquille O'Neals and those kind of people are just really kind of getting it together and getting out in public uh, to say their piece, and that in its own self just keeps this thing rolling. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to be watching the story, you know, for just a little while yet, I'm sure, because, uh, like you said, we don't know all the details yet of when memorials will be held and all of that. So something to keep an eye on. In the meantime, of course, we have that little Super Bowl coming up this weekend. We're going to be talking about that as well. Uh, should be a great game. Chiefs favored by still just one point, I think. Looking forward to that, seeing if Andy Reid can finally get that Super Bowl. We'll be watching that. Uh, I can't wait for Sunday, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. And it's kind of crazy, you know, as I was saying. It, there, there's really been very little hype about the Super Bowl because this other situation took over the, the news media. Uh, really hasn't been a whole lot said about it. And I guess it's, it's going to pick up a little bit of steam here, but shoot, it's almost game time. Yeah, we're getting close. It's midweek. Uh, I've seen some interviews with Andy. Derek Gunn did a nice little piece with him, I guess, yesterday that aired this morning on NBC Sports Philly. So, uh, you know, the, the Philly fans are mostly, mostly, I say, rooting for Andy Reid. Not everybody is on board with that, including a certain morning host at WIP, but that's a whole other story. Um, I'm rooting for Andy. I know you are as well. We're going to talk about that later, too, when Fred joins us. So, uh it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it is, and uh, I'm excited for the three of us to talk about it, get everybody's take, because, uh, you know, as, as we said last week, it's lined up to be an offensive shootout, but is that how it's going to come out when it's all said and done? Yeah, you know, I heard um, Ray Dinger on the radio today, and he said uh, he was still working on his prediction, but he often goes with the team that's better defensively, and he said that's the 49ers, so he might be leaning that way right now. Yeah, well, you know, I, I like to lean that way too, but I got a little uh, I got a little favoritism going this time with Andy, so uh, I don't want to give away my, my secrets too much, but uh, I'd like to see Big Red win his, uh, win his Super Bowl. And, you know, Chad, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins this Super Bowl that he says that's all. I'm done. Yep. Let's bring our guest on. Let's see what our guest has to say about all of this stuff that we're talking well, about. We, let's do it. Let's welcome Ed Barkowitz from Inquire.com back to the show. Ed, welcome. What's going on, fellas? Hey, Ed. Ed, Chet, uh, welcome back. Let's start off with uh, the unfortunate, the tragic news of the week. Uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the seven others in that Sunday copter crash. Any special memories of Kobe on your end or any of his amazing career numbers you want to mention? You know, just, you know, it, it, it's one of those generational moments where none of us will forget where we were when it happened. And, you know, it, it, the, the days, as the days go on, uh, you know, a lot of the pain still hasn't, frankly, subsided for, you know, to, certainly for those closest to him. But, you know, those, even in our business, you know, you, you see you, there are, there are sideline reporters. The woman last night from uh, uh, NBC Sports Philly, you know, kind of telling her, telling people how Kobe Bryant was very instrumental in, in her life. Now, I never had any personal connection with Kobe other than, you know, with, uh, you know, with the tape recorder and asking him a couple questions and then, you know, maybe a, just a quick chit-chat afterward. But just learning about all of this fellow, all of his sort of uh, just – that you know, we, and we all know what happened in 2003 in Colorado, and and and, yep. and and how he has, how frankly he went from that guy to one of the most beloved guys, and, and the, the transformation, uh, and 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 the change in his character and, and everything he became, uh, to me is 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 really remarkable. 
And are, were you surprised that uh, we, we talked about this for just a minute in our opening? Were you surprised that this uh, love affair, if you want to call it that, is so widespread? I mean, you could expect it here in Philly with the Lower Marion Connection in L.A., but this is worldwide. I mean, it, this is everywhere in the sports world. Yeah, and, and, you know, I remember talking, it might have been Phil Jasner, who covered the Sixers for us for years, and is in the Basketball Hall of Fame, the late Phil Jasner. And he said, boy, you think Kobe is popular here? You, you ought to see what he's like in China and how he's received. He, and he, to your point, yeah, it, it is worldwide. And and there are things, you know, I, I, I went back and looked in the clips of, of the things that I, you know, the times that I mentioned Kobe Bryant, the very first time, I mentioned Kobe Bryant, in a, and it was at the Daily News at that point, uh, Daily News story. Uh, I was covering a LaSalle Mount St. Mary's game or something in 95, and I can remember, I remember this being on, the, the whole region was interested. What was Kobe Bryant going to do? You know, he might go to Duke. He might go to North Carolina. Yeah, he might go to LaSalle, too, because that's where Je- uh, Jelly Bream went. So, so maybe Kobe will yep. go to LaSalle for a year. You know, you just like – you remember what a hot time that was that this kid, because he was, he was transformational. You know, if he was going to go to school for one year, um, you know, he was going to kind of change. That wasn't, he didn't do a lot of that back then, you know, go go to school for a year. But he was thought to, well, I don't know if you're going to go in the NBA and do much, you know, right out of high school. Uh, but, you know, you get one year of college season and you'll be okay. <laughs> and, well, he went into the NBA and, you know, came off the bench, played with the Lakers, and, and we all know that story. I just love the fact, and just getting back very quickly to your first que- first part of your question, my favorite number maybe for Kobe, 12-time uh, All-NBA defense. I love that. I love that that guy just, just got at, after it on both ends. He couldn't stop him offensively, but on defense, 12 times All-NBA defense. Yo. Yep. We could talk about Kobe, you know, probably for another couple of hours, but we, we want to cover a lot of ground with you here, Ed. So, uh, speaking of basketball, what is your assessment of the Sixers as we move closer to February and the All-Star break and the trade deadline? 22-2 and at home, but just 9-15 and on the road. They're now the fifth seed in the East, but could really finish anywhere from second to sixth. So, help us out, Ed. Yeah, and I think you hit it right on the head. They, 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 they got to start learning how to win a little more consistently on the road. And they don't have to, you know, be 20 games over 500 on the road. But at 9-15 and 15 on the road doesn't get it done. And they have a critical four-game trip, or at least the, the last three games of the four-game trip, uh, where they, you know, they start off in Atlanta, should win that. But then they're at Boston, at Miami, at Milwaukee. And if you ask me, you don't want to finish uh, fourth. You want to finish second or third. I think the key to the postseason this year is avoid Milwaukee as long as you can. Finish second or third is the way the seedings are set up, uh, and then you can fit, you can you can kind of not have to worry about Milwaukee. Unfortunately, yeah. nobody in this conference like uh, Kawhi could take care of Milwaukee, so somebody's going to have to beat them. Um, I, I you know they again I, the, the Sixers and 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 perimeter shooting are like the Flyers and goaltending. It feels like every January they need shooters. And I think that that's where they're lacking a little bit. They're going to get a little stronger, a little more uh, uh, depth uh, uh, in the perimeter. Hey, uh, do you think the way these last few games played out, obviously Joel Embiid was back last night, but the way that Ben Simmons stepped up and played the last few games before Embiid came back, uh, does that tell us anything about this team? What do you make of all that, if anything? Yeah, well, are you – 
perhaps suggesting this is Ben's team now, or uh, that he, you know, the 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 idea. And I'm I'm with you. The idea. I think the most encouraging part of that is how assertive uh, uh, that he was. That he was willing to step in and play some a lot of four and and even five to some extent. Um, you know, the it's still baffling that the guy won't even attempt an outside shot, and I think that's hurting the team. But you know, with him, when when he is on the court, and I think that's the next step. That that him and Joel. I don't love the, when they're on the court together that, 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 that they're not meshing as well. Um, and that's been a problem. But when Joel's out and then Simmons can just kind of run, uh, you, you just see the potential that he has. Well, Ed, you've written about the Flyers quite a bit this season, including the piece the other day about Ivan Provrov. He's playing nearly 25 minutes a game among the league leaders. He has played through injuries and would probably play 30 or 40 minutes if they'd let him. He's still just 23 years old. He's a tough young guy, isn't he? Well, he is, and he's he's got himself a defensive partner with Matt Niskanen, who he has really blossomed under. If you ask me, I mean, Provorov had a had a tough year last year, uh, by by any by any measure. Uh, but this year, playing playing alongside Matt Niskanen, and and Provorov wants to play those big minutes. He's 23 years old. He's a, a Russian kid, but he's been in this country for a long time, for about 10 years, I think. And he is. Uh, he is that guy that, that wants to play those big, heavy minutes. You know, they had just come through a stretch where they're playing, you know, five of the best teams in the league in Boston, St. Louis, and Pittsburgh and such, Capitals. Um, and he was playing 26 minutes a game, and they're, they're hard minutes. They're against Crosby all the time, against Marshawn. You know, they're play, he's playing those type minutes. They're – their defense, I think that's always been a problem for them and for, for a lot of teams. It's hard to find a, a, you know, three good pairs. But their, the Flyers' defense is starting to really round itself, is, is finding itself where, you know, the fifth and sixth defensemen aren't the liability that, that a lot of teams have. And, and Provorov is a big reason for that because you don't have to play your fifth and sixth defensemen, especially when you get into those big games. You don't have to play those guys 15 minutes. And what do you think so far? I mean, we'll call it the halfway point. The all-star break's certainly more than halfway point. But what do you think so far of the job that Elaine Vigneault has done with this club? Well, I think it's been terrific because he has brought that, that measure of, of accountability. Uh, there is no question who's in charge. Um, it's Vigneault. And if you're, if you you know, if you're, if you're fading a little bit on your back check or if you're, you know, you're not plugging lanes. You're not. You're not filling uh, shooting lanes. If you're a forward, especially, you know, he he is he has not been reluctant to say, I need more from Kevin Hayes. I need more from Jake Borchek. You know, if we're going to be a team, I need. And, and he's right. I mean, he needs the guys who are taking up the biggest biggest chunks of the salary cap. Those guys have to to, you know, to be the guys he can lean on. Now, I, I I'm also, you know, willing to give those guys, you know, thirty games to get into what Vigneault's system is. I mean, that, that's not easy. You know, not a lot of practice time in the NHL, especially the way the flyer schedule has been. But Vigneault has been terrific. I, he's not coach of the year because there's too many other candidates, Rick Tockett for one, uh, in Arizona. There, there's too many. There's a few others that, that, that probably will have teams that are in the top seeds that may get coach of the year candidate. But, but Vigneault has been, he's been right on, and the way he's sort of, massaged his goaltending. You know, he, 
he's he understands that the, that that Carter Hart is having trouble on the road. He's playing him sporadically, but he's not killing him for it. He's not saying, well, Carter Hart has to figure out how to win on the on the road. He's he's treating the veteran forwards a lot differently than he's treating his young goaltender. He says Carter Hart will be fine. You know, we we, we have Elliot. You know, we'll figure that part of it out. So uh, I think he's, he's done a terrific job with them. And that was my next question about Carter Hart, the young goalie. And we discussed this with Bill Meltzer last week. But as you noted, Hart, like the 76ers, is a guy who has looked completely different away from home versus at the Wells Fargo Center. What can we, you know, point to that might, that might change after the All-Star break for Hart? How is he going to improve things away from home? You know, and he's going to have to because they, they're, they're some back-to-backs on the road. Uh, you know, I, you can't, he's going to have to figure this part of it out. Uh, I think what's key is, is is the Flyers getting a lead, getting that first goal. They 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 they, they too often uh, get themselves in a hole on the road, and we saw what happened on the West Coast where it's an avalanche of goals. But even one or two goals uh, uh, start they they start holding their sticks a little too tight for my liking on the road. I think it's going to have to be an outside in sort of solution for Carter Hart where. All right, you know what? Maybe we're not breaking up the ice as much in the first period. Maybe we're, we're pucks in, pucks out. Um, you know, to establish them so that so that they're not trailing one nothing after five minutes, or or you know, two to one going in after the first period. That they get themselves through the first period for a couple games and get him where he's confident. Because I mean, you know, the the surface is still the same. You know, the the the, the, the length of the ice is still the same. The shooters are still the same home on the road. But it's just a matter, to me, get through that first period with everybody, all the other 19 uh, or 18, I guess, with forwards and defensemen, the other 18 players realizing that we don't have to get out to a 3 nothing lead in the first period because if we go down 0-2, we're in bigger trouble then. Well, one of, one of the mysteries to me so far for this team has been James Van Riemsdyk. He picked it up here a little bit before the break, but, you know, he, he's got 29 points, 14 goals, just six penalty minutes. It, it, it's kind of like to me that he's not even out there very much. or You know, you just don't see him making making a lot of things happen. See, you know, and I don't know. I, I think that I, I would agree. I would have agreed with that over the first eight weeks of the season, but I think I think lately, I think in the, in the last two months, um, I, I really don't have a problem with Ram, Dan Reemstike. Um His production is down, and he'll be the first one to tell you that you know he's he's got to score more. Uh, but he he has been his defense has gotten better, uh, and and he is you know him and Konechny have made beautiful music together, especially on the power play. You know he's they they, they switched up their 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 formation where they now have uh, Konechny and Van Reemstike at least on the first power play unit, they're both down by the goaltender. And so that creates some matchup problems because Van Riemsdyk is, is difficult to move in front of the net and Konechny, you know, is Konechny. He's, he's squirmy and he's, he's got a lot of good moves. But Van Riemsdyk, well, I, 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 there's no denying that his production is down. He, his, his, defense is not, his defense has been good um, and, and he's just been, unfortunately, he's, he's not had a whole lot of luck putting the puck in the net, but, you know, that's why you're in one point out of first place is, I mean, out of a playoff spot as opposed to being in a secure playoff spot. If if Van Riemsdyk continues the, the run he was on before the break, uh, then that's that's almost like adding a piece at the trade deadline. If you can get Van Riemsdyk into the point where he's in the, gets himself back into the 25-goal uh, category. 
Well, Ed, let's talk a little football and betting. Betting, of course, big business more than ever, I guess, now that it's legal in both Jersey and Pennsylvania. And there are a slew of prop bets for the Super Bowl. I just printed out the list before we went on the air here, and I don't know if you look. What are some of the stranger prop bets, and what are some of the ones you maybe particularly like? (laughs) Well, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Pat Eichner from Points Bet, uh, which is an online spot in Jersey, among other places, and and they put a Gatorade bet out, which I, I would never bet the Gatorade bet, but they bet the, they put the Gatorade bet out, and they had you know orange and well, yellow and and purple at thir- purple at thirty to one, and they got they got roasted for it because you know maybe maybe purple for ob- for obvious reasons you know Kobe oh, yeah. transcended all sorts of sports, and maybe there's a lot of purple Gatorade around on Sunday, uh, so they actually had to drop that line. Uh, to where purple is now one of the favorites because they got you know people were betting on that, you know and that's wow. it's a, it's you know we 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 laugh at the prop bets and you know the you know national anthem over or under, but there are certain prop bets that the that the real sharp better will expose uh, the the sports books on. So I mean you know it, it, it's funny that to to you know we'll we'll the I think it's DraftKings has the uh, the fat guy touchdown. Where if a fat man touchdown, it and that's it's three to one if an offensive lineman scores a touchdown or something. So, they're you know as creative as these guys can get, there will be a line on it. The, um, wow. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but if you're asking me, there's here's, and I haven't thought it out as much, or or I've I haven't played it just yet. William Hill has uh, uniform number of the first touchdown. Okay, so. A uniform. If, if someone who's wearing uniform number four, between forty-one and seventy-nine, which to me feels like D-backs, linebackers, and the fullbacks. Well, that's twenty-eight to one to score the first touchdown. That's 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 it's it's a long shot, but it's you can see why it's twenty-eight to one. But to score a defensive touchdown, any defensive touchdown during the game is two to one. So. If you're thinking there could be a defensive touchdown and it could be the first touchdown, well, I'd rather see you take the uniform numbers rather than just the straight defensive touchdown, even if you wanted to mix it in with the corners. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't want to make mm-hmm. it too complicated, but you're looking at two to one and two to ones for the whole game or 28 to one, you know, that you get like, you know, a pick six. Um, and if you wanted to throw the uniform numbers 21 to 30, that's four to one. So, there's so many of those different kind of, uh, uh, um, you know, a couple different ways to bet the same thing, but you might be able to man- manipulate the odds in your favor. Well, Ed, of all the of all of the prop bets, or at least the the ones that are, have been out in the past, what would you say is the craziest one? You you just mentioned a few that are pretty obscure. What what would you say is the craziest one? Uh. Well, those cross those cross sport props, uh, you know, besides the Gatorade and you know that that kind of thing, those cross sport props where, you know, will George Kittle have more catches or will there be more goals in the Penguins Capitals game? So now you're really kind of stretching yourself. Oh, wow. here. You know, the Penguins and Capitals could, you know, if that's a five three game, well now George Kittle needs George Kittle needs to, you know, he he needs to get nine goal nine catches. Uh, for, so you pick one or the other, you know, Crosby's back, um, there's missing Gensel, but you know, the, the Capitals, you know, it feels like Ovechkin's, uh, uh, two and a half, three goals himself, uh, the last few weeks. 
So that's a, that's that's something where if you're if you're following hockey and you, you keep an eye on it, you might take the Capitals uh, Penguins those those cross props James Harden's points rebounds and assists versus uh, uh, the 49ers uh, um, the, the the I guess the halftime score or whatever it is each of the um, each of the sites has different manipulations of 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 their cross sport props so it's worth looking around. Uh, on, on what you might like as, if you're an NBA fan or an NHL fan, uh, as, in addition to the Super Bowl. Very interesting. Well, we got to get a prediction out of you before we let you go. What do you What do you think? It. How do you like? Uh, is this the time for Big Red to win his Super Bowl? Well, that's the way I'll be rooting. Um, you know, I, I, these two teams. I, you know, the, the, the line is one. Uh, Kansas City is one or one and a half if you're looking around. Um, you know, and I think that's on merit. I think that the Niners certainly uh, can win this game. I think, you know, when in doubt, I, I take the team that has the better quarterback. And uh, so I, I would go with the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs and over, frankly. I, I can't imagine us getting a, a worse, uh, another bad Super Bowl like we had last year. So maybe, maybe to bring the, the offenses will get off the bus this year. And uh, so Kansas City, 33-27. I like it. And one final thing I want to mention, you wrote a few months back about the November 1967 Sixers game in which Will Chamberlain did not take a single shot from the field. Not sure if you saw my oh, message wow, to yeah. you about that, but yeah, I had just turned 10 years old, and I was at that game. It was my very first pro basketball game. I loved Wilt. The Sixers won, but, yeah, Wilt, my favorite player, let me down in that one. And that was against uh, the Warriors, right? Next yes, it time? was, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it was a thing. And you correct me. It was a, um, it was Wilt being Wilt, right? It wasn't, you know, it was yeah. him wanting to prove that they're going to they can win this game without him taking a shot. Because yep. I guess when you're Wilt and you get a little bored, you kind of create your own sort of competition. <laughs> <laughs> a memorable uh, first game for me, though, for sure. Well, oh, that's, yeah, that's terrific. Fantastic. Well, hey, Ed, we wanna, we've used up all your time, and we want to thank you certainly for coming back and joining us again, and uh, hopefully we get a great Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely, fellas, and uh, I'll be on the flyers uh, for the rest of the season, so, you know, as they get rolling, you, know how to get, and you need to get me, you know how to get in touch. Absolutely. absolutely. Thanks, Ed. All right, fellas. Thanks, Ed. Have a good night, and enjoy the Super Bowl. Take care. All right, you too. Let's find out what's going on this weekend at the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne. Now we'll get some help on that front from the Rovers' Chris Gaskill. Chris, I think you're aware there's a big football game Sunday evening, so tell me what you have going on at the Irish Rover in terms of specials for the crowd there. Well, we have a great day planned for the game. So uh, Bud Light has been our sponsor all season long, so they're dropped off some really great prizes, including a Bose speaker. We'll be giving that stuff away at halftime, but during the game you can have some Bud Light Platinum, Bud Light Draft, and the new Bud Light Hard Seltzer, which is quite delicious on special. And we'll have a great menu for you as well, including our $5 items that we do for every Sunday game. Excellent. Now, for people who are having their own party or just hanging out with family members, they can still enjoy the Rovers' great wings, hot platters, and other things, right? Absolutely. I don't have to tell you, but the wings we have are fantastic, so give us a call. I always suggest pre-order. That way, you know you're going to get what you want. 215-970-5412. Give us a call now and place that order. Love the wings, especially the sweet and sour. Anyway, 49ers versus Andy Reid's Chiefs. Who are you rooting for, Chris? I'm going to go 
going to go with the Chiefs just because of Andy Reid. I feel like, you know, you got to support him a little bit. I like the way you think, Chris. Be there for the game or order your wings ahead of time from the Irish Rover. Follow them on social media and visit their website, irishroverstationhouse.com. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Yes, it is. Hey, Chet, I wanted to ask you a little bit, a little bit more on the Kobe thing, real quick. Uh, you know, I, you know, everybody gets caught in in all these emotions and the in the moment type of thing. Uh, you know, I've seen things about changing the logo of the NBA. I mean, mm-hmm. some some pretty crazy things. Uh, retiring number twenty four across all of basketball. Um, if if this happens thirty years from now and Kobe's seventy one years old, um, do do we feel all this? No, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, you know, I mean, just I mean uh, are, are we going to retire number twenty three? when Michael Jordan passes away, you know, how, how far do you, how far does this yeah. all go? And, you know, and, you know, I guess, uh, and, and Ed mentioned it right away about the, the problems, the downside in Kobe's life and people got fired, lost their jobs for tweeting those things. And, it, you know, a lot of, a lot has taken place here, but just because emotions are running so high. Exactly. And I was just going to say that people tend to get very emotional, you know, in the hours and days after these kind of things happen. But yeah, if you're going to change the logo for, you know, the NBA to uh, Kobe Bryant, what does Michael Jordan have to say about that? Or the the other great players? Why was Wilt never considered? Um, It's just an overreaction to the unfortunate, you know, tragedy that we had the other day. Kobe was certainly a great player. Uh, tremendous work ethic. He handled himself tremendously over the last 15 years since that, uh, you know, unfortunate situation that he got himself involved in in the early 2000s. But no, I, I don't think you need to change the logo. I don't think you need to retire the number across the NBA like you did for Jackie Robinson in baseball. It's not the same thing. And there are so many other great players. And just because the guy, you know, died in a, a tragic way, you don't have to jump to these levels to honor him it's like you said an overreaction yeah well it reminds me of a lot uh some years back when dale earnhardt uh, passed away on the racetrack and obviously he didn't have the worldwide effect but it certainly had a huge effect and changed the sport of, of auto racing for for those that like it um but the owner of the car owned that number three not dale earnhardt and mm-hmm. gradually that number three eased its way back in, and it and now it races. So, um, yeah. you know, there was that emotional time, but it was not a, a forever type thing and probably the most popular race car driver of all time. And speaking of numbers, this is a nice segue you just gave me here, Bill. A few of our listeners took issue with Joel Embiid wearing number 24 to honor Kobe in the Tuesday night game. Embiid did that with Bobby Jones' blessing. It's a retired jersey of the Sixers. But he did get Bobby's okay. I personally had no problem with it because Joel said Kobe was the guy who 10 years ago inspired him, Joel, to begin playing basketball. Um, yeah, maybe he doesn't have the work ethic that uh, Kobe did, but, you know, who does? I personally have no problem with it. What's your take on this? Uh, I'm okay with it for a night. 
I'm yeah. okay for for one night. Uh, he he paid his uh, he paid his um, thanks or whatever you want to say, and, and Bobby Jones was good with it. I'm okay with it um, as a one time thing, um, but don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, he won't. He said it was just a one game thing. And as some people pointed out, how about the fact that Embiid wore 24? It was the Sixers' 24th home game, and Embiid scored 24. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, so much of that crazy stuff. I saw somebody uh, posted that there's two Pennsylvania teams ranked in the top 25 in college basketball. Villanova is ranked number eight. Penn State is ranked number 24. Uh, (laughs) You know, I mean, might be stretching it there. Do whatever you want. Some things just happen to happen. Yeah, pretty funny. But, uh, yep, well, rest in peace, Kobe. On we go. Absolutely. You bet. Well, hey, Chet, did you know that 56% of Americans have no idea how much money they'll need to retire? If that sounds like you, you need to talk to Dave LaBoy from Allstate and Westchester, PA. Yep, the same person you count on to help protect you can also help you set a reasonable retirement goal and then show you the right financial solutions to help get you there. A good plan and a good life starts with someone you trust. Call Allstate agent Dave LaVoy in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700, and start planning for your retirement today. Again, it's 610-430-0700. And, Bill, hard to believe, but it was 50 years ago this week that Chicago's second album, including this song, was released. years, Bill. Wow. Play Chet, I, speaking of music, I actually have a little trivia question for you tonight. I got a song I need you to play, or I'm going to play here, uh, just a short blurb. Can, you, can we go ahead and play that? The one that we discussed is right here, Bill. Okay. So, you know what that song is, Stevie Nicks, right? Of course. Of course. Now, what does Stevie Nicks, Waylon Jennings, his wife, Jessie Coulter, have in common? Hmm. I have no idea on that one, Bill. Well, I thought this would be useless trivia that you might enjoy. Uh, (laughs) Stevie Nicks wrote that song for Waylon Jennings. And Jesse Coulter. And they chose to never record it. So Stevie decided to record it herself. With Don Henley. To be pretty good hit. Yeah, she and Don Henley together. Don Henley. That's right. So there you go. A little bit of Well, no, wait a second. No, wait a second. If we're talking music, I played a little bit of Chicago 25 or 6 to 4. Do you, Bill, know what 25 or 6 to 4 means? I have no idea. I wouldn't know anything. Uh-huh. I only knew the Stevie Nicks because I heard somebody say it. Yeah. Well, see, a lot of people thought it might have been some weird drug reference or something, like some code for some drug or something. But no, what it was is Robert Lamb, uh, who's still with Chicago today, by the way, when he was writing this song 50-plus years ago, he wrote it in 1969, um, when he was writing that song, he was doing so in the middle of the night. He was trying to write some music in the middle of the night, and he just kept looking up at the clock and as he remembered, it was 25 or 26 minutes to four. But he just changed the lyric to 
25 or 6 to 4. So it was him looking at a clock in the middle of the night while trying to write a song. That's what's uh, the deal. That's why it was titled that way. Man, I'll tell you what, we're, we're just full of it tonight. We got it all. <laughs> we are full of it, Bill. <laughs> That's right. You got that right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, hey, Chet, let's, uh, let's welcome back our man, Fred Hugo. We're going to talk some Kobe and uh, Suddenly Hot. And, and, of course, you know, the Sixers are, are getting it going. Uh, we're going to make our Super Bowl predictions. So, Fred, welcome back. Uh, what's your take on the whole Kobe Bryant thing? You being a younger guy than, than Chet and I, uh, you know um, – this was your era. This was your guy, and or, or the guy in your era. And what's your take on how this whole thing is going down? Yeah, you're you're right. It's weird how how it spans with Kobe because he I like before he became well actually as he was a Laker I didn't hate him yet I hated out Iverson because of Georgetown and Villanova so I we want I wanted him to draft Kobe I had Kobe's first shoe. You know, and, um, you know, as a kid, you, then you get to the 0-1 finals, and he says he wants to rip the hearts out of our chest. And I'm like, ah, screw this guy. You know what I mean? Excuse my language. <laughs> and, and, I, and I hated him for a significant amount of time. And then once it got to, like, I guess 2009, 2010, I'm in my early 20s maybe, you, and you hate the Boston Celtics, so you're going to root for the Lakers over the Celtics, in my opinion. You start to just – you start to root for him a little bit, and then you're like, wow. And then it, this, the respect level of uh, once you get older and you understand hard work and, and what, it, what it takes to put into your craft and all that type of stuff, you realize that's the definition of Kobe Bryant. So how, how can you hate a guy like that, you know? And when the, the news came of his death, it, it, was, kind of, it, it was a shock. And, and being a father now as well, when you heard about Gianna and the other families – you know, it's really, it was really hard to grasp because how could someone that you don't personally know have an impact on you as if they were almost, you know, related to you in a sense? It, it was – I caught tears in my eyes. My wife looked at me. She's like, are you crying, dude? And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. And I'm like, wait at all, bro. <laughs> like, you know, you get teary-eyed, and I've had multiple friends I've spoke to about this the same exact way my age. So – it's just so sad how it went down, and you just you really got to realize that that life is short, and be grateful for what you have, and it could be taken away from you at any moment. So it re- it really has a strong impact on me, and and you know seeing all the videos, and all the people he touched, you know what I mean? Just it's just amazing. He 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 really went from this arrogant young, you know, I'm the man guy to just a selfless person that that was doing stuff on the you know, doing stuff behind the scenes that he did not want to go out publicly. So it, it had a strong impact on me. Yeah, and I shed a few tears also on Sunday. My wife looked at me and laughed. But that happens all the time when I'm watching, like, a sad TV show or something. So uh, <laughs> I'm used to that. But anyway, yeah, Kobe, the one thing I heard the most often over the last three days was his work ethic. I heard, uh, like, Phil Martelli talking the other day on, I guess it was uh, 97.5, and he was saying how – when Kobe was still in high school, he would come and practice sometimes at St. Joe's gym, and Phil wanted to leave this one day, and Kobe and a couple other guys were in there, and Phil just kind of said, well, yeah, you know how to get out of here. Just lock up later. And Kobe would stay there for you know hours at a time, just practicing, shooting, working on his game. And that wasn't just in high school. That went on, of course, you know, through his pro career. 
that's the one thing I heard most often, his work ethic, how hard he worked and how he just wanted to continue to make himself better. Yeah, and I guess I'll add in, Fred, kind of to your comment, the, the impact of not only the NBA guys or kids who are now in the NBA, but there was, you know, the Claude Giroux quote. There was soccer players in foreign countries quotes. Um, this guy was far more reaching than I ever dreamed of. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think about the Michael Jordans of the world, and I think Michael Jordan's not going to have this impact. He may be as a great player, but his after basketball life is not like what we've learned about Kobe Bryant, I don't think. And uh, this is really, this is really something special. I thought about that as well because I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm big Jordan guy, and he, it, Jordan doesn't have this impact on everyone. And even Ovechkin changed his number. Ovechkin's wearing 24 tonight. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Did not know that. Crazy. How crazy is that? Wow. All right, well, let's move on. Hey, uh, Chet, let's start with you. Sixers have won six out of seven, several without Joel Embiid, as we said. A whole different Ben Simmons carrying the load. And, uh, you know, this is a little different team with, without Embiid. They ran the floor in those games. Simmons was spectacular. Last night they get back to putting the ball down in the paint a little bit more with Embiid. Um, which team's going to show up here? Oh, man. Yeah, it hasn't always been pretty, but they did go 6-3 and three during his uh, recent stretch that they were out without Embiid. And by the way, kudos to him for missing only three weeks with that hand and finger injury, one that a lot of folks thought might keep him out four to six weeks. He came back, and he seemed to be in pretty good shape, too. He played well in the win over the Warriors, and yes, Ben Simmons did have some monster games while Embiid was out, including a terrific performance in the Saturday night win over LeBron and the Lakers when Ironically, LeBron passed Kobe Bryant for third all-time in scoring. The key now will be to have both of them, Simmons and Embiid, play great together and to get everybody else ready for the stretch run. Fred, what are you thinking? I'm I'm thinking you need them both. There's a lot of talk of, you know, who do we – which one do you trade? And I I think it's just crazy talk to get rid of one of the best centers in the league – definitely top two or three when he's, when he's on, obviously he has his other issues, but you know, you need them both to work. And to me, I, I think it, it falls on Brett Brown. Like this is where the coach comes into play and you need to, you can't just throw them out there and help expect them to organically grow. You know what I mean? Maybe you put Horford on the bench, start Embiid so that there's more room down there, start Matisse Thibel, move Tobias Harris to the four slot and with Richardson, you know what I mean? There's, there's different things you can do that if it doesn't seem to be working. But, you know, they, they did win a significant amount of games with them. I just think Ben has to continue to be aggressive even if Embiid's on the floor. It didn't stop him any when Horford was on the block. So if Embiid's on the block, he has to go too. And um, I really, really think they that that's what needs to be done. He Ben staying aggressive is going to be key here. And Embiid even said it when they uh, they interviewed him in the Lakers game. He, he's like, I am willing to move out and shoot threes if that's what you if Ben needs me to do. And he said, uh, and if Ben's not comfortable taking a shot, and then he just stopped himself. He's like, we'll get there. He's going to get there. We're going to get there. We're fine. And then they even tempted him. They're like, well, it sounds like you got an issue with the GM then on, or the coach. And he's like, no, 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 we're fine. We're good. We're going to make it work. So I, I just think, I think it's on Brett. I really do. 
One last thing on the Sixers before we talk Super Bowl. Um, I've seen a lot of reports that the Sixers might be interested in Derek Rose, Fred. He's 31 years old, but I look at his numbers, 18.8 points a game, six assists. He's shooting 49.5%, 31% from three-point range. He's an 87% free-throw shooter. Derek Rose obviously still has something left in the tank. Would you make some kind of deal if it's you know not a bad deal? It doesn't hurt to get Derrick Rose. I'm not going to say, like, it, I'm not going to be upset if they get him. But that doesn't – I don't think that solves the issue. You, the issue is spacing on the floor, apparently. So, if they're going to go this route of being spaced on the floor, they have to find a shooter, like shooters. And Derrick Rose can, can shoot here and there from the outside, but he's a, a drive-to-the-rack, mid-range game guy. And he would be a cool combo guard with Ben, but – and I'm sure it would work, but we still have the same issue. Unless Korkmaz continues to play, he is. But I still even think with Korkmaz, we need another one, you know, to, if they want to run the offense they're running. Interesting. Trade deadline coming up. Let's see how we do. All right. It's Super Bowl time. Chiefs 49ers. And the biggest news out of Miami is the earthquake that nearly hit Cuba Rock in the city. <laughs> the hype has been very quiet. Fred, how's this one going to play out? What's your prediction? Oh, man, both – I, I bailed on my Niners, as you've clearly made public on Facebook, and I did here, which is which is fine. I did. <laughs> I had a gut feeling on Rodgers. That's fine. I – the over-under is 55, so that kind of tells me I don't think it's going to be a crazy 41-30 to 30 type game. I think the key is going to be can the 49ers – contain the offense they don't need to stop that offense they they can contain if they can contain it and the Chiefs sound awful cocky in these interviews I don't, I don't know maybe it's just maybe they're always for that way but it, it seems like I don't know so I am a big defense wins championships guy um I know it didn't happen in our Super Bowl when the Eagles won and I really don't want to do this to the guy but I'm going to pick the San Francisco 49ers to beat. It's a one-point spread to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm going to go 28-27. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Uh, You know, I think Ed Barkowitz said 33-27 Chiefs. I don't know if it's my head talking or my heart, but I'm picking the Chiefs. And the score I wrote down is very close to what Ed said. I have the Chiefs winning 34-27. to 27. So, yeah, I like KC to win, and I like the over, just like Ed did. Well, I'm going to go Chiefs because I want Andy Reid to win. But <laughs> I think the, here's my key to the game, Steve Spagnola. I'm going to go with Steve Spagnola to come up with a little scheme it's going to change this game around. And all you need is a few stops when your offense can score like the Chiefs can score. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go 31-24. I don't know. What was over and under? Did that make it 55? That's 55. What's over? That's under? right on it. Oh, there you go. 31-24 is my bet, and I'm going Chiefs. 31-24. Well, the good news is 30. we all think it's going to be a real tight, close game, and I hope that is the case. Yep, yep, and uh, Chet, and I guess what I'm doing actually is I'm conceding to you that you are going to be the champion of this, uh, of our little little tubes. uh, (laughs) You're up one game, and we're picking the same team, so we're going to have to go with that. And what does that get me, Bill? Remind me, what does that get me? Um, A Wawa coffee. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. Ooh. I do get a Wawa coffee. A Wawa. Thank you, Bill. A Wawa Appreciate coffee. that. All right. Well, hey, Fred. Uh, Bill, ma- make sure you, Bill, Bill, make sure you go to give them that coffee when they do the month when coffee's free for a month. You know? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> he can have all Love. he wants for a month then. Love the Wawa coffee. <laughs> hey, Fred, before we let you go, let the listeners know how we can follow you. You can catch me at Fred Hugo underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And then search me on Facebook on uh, just Fred Hugo. And then on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook on Edge of Philly. And tonight I will be honoring Kobe in a special way. So if you get a chance to check my Facebook, I'll be sharing it. Tune in. Nice. All right. We'll do it. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again next week. We'll talk about the results of the Super Bowl. How's that? Sounds good, guys. I'll see you. Thanks, Fred. All right. Hey, Ted, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 to 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Room on Facebook. And Ted, uh, you know, it seems like the Flyers played about a month ago. Um, they went into the break winning four out of five against good teams, including a 3 nothing shutout of the Penguins. Do you see this 10-day break as a help or hurting this team? Um, is it like starting over again? Who the heck knows, Bill? I mean, the good news, all teams were in the same boat, off eight to ten days. Carter Hart was back up in Edmonton to be with his family over the break. Some guys who were banged up got some much-needed time to heal, including Hart. Hopefully he will be ready to go this weekend. That's the opinion that he probably will. So after this long layoff, the Flyers have three games in four days, Friday in Pittsburgh, then they're home Saturday against the Avalanche, then back on the road Monday in Detroit. So they will be tested right away. And I saw an, an article uh, in the Inquirer the other day that uh, they wouldn't be surprised if Brian Elliott did get a lot of playing time, especially because he has been better on the road than Carter Hart. But as Ed mentioned, they got to get Hart winning some of these games on the road too. So I think we'll see a lot of both of them, maybe, you know, a two-to-one Hart advantage as far as playing time. But they got to start winning on the road if they're going to, you know, make the playoffs and win in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as you said, two of these first three games are on the road. And uh, my understanding is that Elliott is going to start the Pittsburgh game, especially coming off the shutout yeah. uh, pre-break, that it will be hard uh, in the opener. So that'll be interesting to see. Hey, I, I had a question for you, Chad. I wanted to get your thoughts on the NHL rule that if you skip the All-Star game, Alexander Ovechkin and others, that you are suspended for a game, the first game out of the break, you are suspended without pay. What, what do you think about that? I honestly had no knowledge of that. Is that a thing? Is that like uh, the real deal? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, is an Ovechkin, Ovechkin, Ovechkin complaint tonight? Is an Ovechkin uh, complaint tonight? He, he, if this is their first game back, unless he appealed it, and I didn't see it and he won his appeal, but it's it's a thing. And and he I, he um, he sat out last year also. I kind of like it actually, uh, you know, because people want to see the big stars at these All Star games. They're not going to get hurt in the All Star games. I mean, it's some kind of freak thing. So if you're elected to an All Star game, unless you're seriously injured, I think you go and you play. So yeah, I kind of like that idea actually. I like that rule. 
Well, it's, uh, you know, his, he came out right away and said he wasn't going to play and, uh, he needed the time off. His body needed the time off and he needed a little family time. And, uh, he knew he was going to be suspended and he bit the bullet and whatever it cost him, it cost him. And, uh, Hmm. I want to say there's a goaltender that followed him. And I, I, I just don't remember which one it was that also, uh, backed out of the game and, and knew he was being suspended as well. Did not know that. Well, hey, you mentioned the All-Star game. You know I have to ask you this every year, Bill, because I like this question. Did you watch any of the hockey All-Star game? Did you watch any of the Pro Bowl? I know you didn't watch any of the Grammys. Did you watch any of the hockey All-Star game or the Pro Bowl over the weekend? The only thing I saw, Chet, and I, only because it was on the news, I saw Konechny had a couple assists, and I saw that Fletcher Cox uh, had a long run in flag football, and uh, that was the only thing I saw, but I saw it on the local news. No, I did not watch either game because Forensic Files was on or something, something you know, <laughs> DIY or, or something. I, I don't know, DIY, whatever it was. But, I think uh, no, I saw no. about three minutes of each. I saw about three minutes of the hockey when I was getting ready to go out Saturday evening, and I saw about three minutes of the Pro Bowl when I – went to my room to do something on Sunday. So, yeah, not a whole lot of either. Um, and I'm okay with that. But I did watch pretty much 90% of the Grammys, in case you were wondering. Hey, on a quick <laughs> football – no, I wasn't, yes. I wasn't wondering. E- even the radio stations were bashing the Grammys and how the bad they were. That, now, that's bad. That's how they make their living, and they were bashing how bad they were. Well, it's stations that don't play the kind of music that's predominantly featured on the Grammys, and that's why – I mean, you know, most sports stations and most rock stations aren't going to like the Grammys because it's a lot of hip-hop and R&B and rap that they're focusing on. Other than or, the, it could just be, or it could just be because they suck. <laughs> well, I mean, other than Aerosmith, who weren't great, by the way, the other night, there wasn't much rock that was featured on TV on the show. So, um, but, I mean, I could see the complaints, Aerosmith, but I watched just to check it out got anyway. Crushed on, Aerosmith got crushed on the uh, radio station i was listening to yeah you know one of one of my favorite bands but uh they're in their 70s now and steven didn't sound great and joe perry on guitar didn't sound like he was having a great night so (laughs) time to consider retirement guys Uh, hey over on a football note jet uh looks like there's some quarterback situations going on uh philip rivers apparently is cutting ties with San Diego or, or them with him. And then I saw the thing today that I find it possible to believe, but that maybe San, uh, New Orleans is ready to cut ties with Drew Brees. I find that very hard to believe. Wow, I'd be shocked if that happened. I don't think he's going anywhere. And uh, I know Rivers is going to be gone. I don't know who's going to get him. Interesting to see what is going to happen with Brady. I still I still think he's going to come back and play in New England. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be some movement, certainly. Uh, we still need a backup quarterback for the Eagles, too, by the way, because it doesn't sound like they're bringing Nate Sudfeld back unless they have a change of heart there. So, I don't know. I don't know where these older guys go. I heard, interestingly, the other day that Joe Flacco might be a good fit for the Eagles. He's, you know, a local guy, and at this stage of his career, he'd probably be okay with being the backup. So, how about Joe Flacco for your Eagles backup? That would be interesting. Nothing like having a Super Bowl champion on your bench. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Yeah, well, and you know, I think with the Brady deal, I I agree with you. I think he's going to go back to New England. But if he doesn't go back to New England, maybe that's why that Los Angeles Chargers job is opening up because Brady's an LA guy now with all his 
stuff and his wife's stuff. Uh, you know, not San Diego, but maybe L.A. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Hey, by the way, I don't have a parting shot tonight, so let me take a minute and ask you something. Uh, Ray Diddy was on uh, WIP today. He's on there every Wednesday, and they were talking about Super Bowl memories. And do you have a favorite Super Bowl memory from your, you know, 54 years of watching the game, Bill? Oh, well, most of them were wrapped around Super Bowl 52. There's all kinds. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, besides that. uh, Jeez, let's see. Um well, as a kid, I was re- really a fan of the, the Dolphins teams and Larry Zonka. Uh, the way they dominated those games, uh, I, I always enjoyed that. Um, geez, I'm trying to think of individual moments. The, the opening kick return, um, what year was that? That was uh, the Dolphins. Uh, who was that? Wasn't that long ago? Yeah, that was a while back. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, there, there, there's been some. Well, and Scott Norwood missing the field goal to to lose the game, I guess. Uh, they had a lot of great moments. I just they all run together. Yeah, for whatever reason, I was really rooting for Joe Namath as a little kid in Super Bowl three, and you know we know how that turned out. Turned out very well. And of course, I was rooting for uh, Dick Vermeil uh, with the Rams. Yeah. In addition to being the Eagles, uh, and the Rams won that and. Was, Great game, went right down to the wire, so that was a, a fine memory as well. Hey, we got to wrap it up. We do have to wrap it up, so let's thank our special guests, Ed Barkowitz and Fred Hugo, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LakeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chetchesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, February 5th at 7 p.m. You listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or you can find our podcasts on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, and others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the Gubernatorial Hills. I hope we pass the audition. <laughs>